The beat is queer. Are you ready? The beat is queer. Get ready. The beat is queer. Beat, beat. Here we come. The beat I is queer. The beat is queer. queer for the beat is queer. Beat, beat. Eat, eat. The beat I is just queer. So I'm here today with the co-creators of We're Here on HBO. Unfortunately, it's just me as Kale is on a romantic vacation with his new fiance, Colin, who we spoke with last week. But I really wanted to welcome today Johnny Ingram and Steve Warren. Hello, hello. Romance. Thank you for having us. You're missing out. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know I, I'm stuck in New York City. It's freezing. And and literally they were on like uh, it was supposed to be a, apparently a group dinner. And instead, it's just them because no one else came. So they're on a boat by themselves right now having shrimp or something. <laughs> but uh, are, are you two uh, your your partners in a couple of senses as well? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Different locations at the moment, but we're all here together. But when you created the show, you actually were in Mexico together. Uh, I think you were watching TV. <laughs> Yes, we've been watching uh, RuPaul's All Stars at the time, so you know it was definitely uh, it was raining, but you know when it's raining, it was a good time to uh, to watch uh, one of our favorite shows. We love that. At that point, we wound up thinking, you know, while we were watching that, you know, we loved the show, and you know, we thought, what would happen if we took drag queens and we brought them to small towns? What would the reaction be? You know, we both come from political active backgrounds. Um, you know, I was the co-chair of GLAD. Johnny was in, uh, involved with GLAD as well. And that we thought what would happen. And then three and a half years later, look what's happened, you know. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, we're we're in such a divisive climate. Uh, when you started the show, uh, I think we were, it was pre-pandemic. Trump was newly elected-ish, let's say. And now we're in this place where like the lines in the sand have been drawn so deeply in many of the communities, especially in this season. Uh, And this show sort of has evolved as an organic creature over the last two seasons and brought us into this new one. And you start in Granbury, Texas, which is like (laughs) this capital of of political discourse. And I just have to wonder, like, how do you deal with an ever changing organic creature? It's almost like a documentary version of Tuong Fu that you've created here? Well, what's so interesting is we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. What we knew for this season is that obviously the world has changed. And that what we didn't know was that our show has garnered enough of an audience where people were aware of it. So a lot of these small towns were, you know, like, why are you coming to us? Like what's those, every town always asks, why are you coming here? And that, what we didn't realize was that the level of opposition in the past, there were certain people that would absolutely express their you know dissatisfaction and they're on, you know, they, they weren't happy we were there, but it would mostly be online and behind our backs. There's nothing behind our backs anymore. There right. is, you know, in, in Texas in particular, we were very clearly unwelcomed by a small minority of people. And that you know, I think it was illustrated best by the one woman who literally at the 4th of July parade 
who seems like this incredibly, you know, just nice person you would normally see at the grocery store, not think twice, just, you know, whatever, has a sign that says drag drag queen repellent spray. It's like, why in the world would you ever, ever do that other than to be provocative, hurtful, and, and, and encourage violence? I mean, well, something like that encourages violence. Well, that, I mean, that, oh, yeah. go on, sorry. <laughs> no, I would say that, you know, that fear, you know, I think a lot of people actually haven't watched the show. Um, and when they see, you know, oh, there's this show about drag queens coming to town. Mm-hmm. Why are they coming? They make a you know quite a judgment based on a, this fear and this rhetoric that's that's that currently exists in our country against the queer community and particular drag queens and trans individuals. And think what you know what drag does do is it ignites a conversation, you know, good or bad. What we usually find is when we're in what you've seen in particular in Granbury and on screen is that the dialogue is 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 quite negative surrounding the drag show and in the first few episodes. But what we're really hoping to show is when you actually see the episodes, it's really not about fear. It's about love itself and about connection, about human connections, about people that would not normally sit down and have a dialogue about queer life and in representation and, you know, and and and, and this sort of dialogue about the actual current fear that based rhetoric about drag performers across the country and say actually there's nothing to fear this is about love and celebration and and it's wonderful to see human beings you know being surrounded by you know this bubble of love and i think that is really what the show is about and hopefully the people that were holding these signs that were maybe a little making assumptions about our community will will meet you know, we'll watch the episode and see that there was you know actually i made i may have misjudged well and i think that's that's a problem within uh this country in general is we have these kind of assumptions based on symbolism that we're always trying to validate and with your show like of course they haven't seen it yet uh but then they're placing all these judgments on it because just the same way they burn books in effigy they have made these assumptions about what your show is because it has drag queens on it which brings me to something really important which is this word that's been kind of a rebranding of another term grooming which it seems like you've been encountering so much throughout this new season and it's it's like this new buzzword which we've we've encountered before it's it's just a new way of calling us pedophiles and you know like that woman with the the sign she's so happy to hold the sign but then you talk to her and she's smiling throughout the entire conversation uh how do you deal with that duality because uh you've you've you find it online i mean they're they're very bold when they can leave a comment on facebook but when they're talking to you to your face uh except for at at one point i think it was in jackson mississippi you encountered protesters and they had no problem because they were just there to, to hurl insults not have a dialogue at all um, so like, how do you deal with that situation, especially the, the safety of this enormous team you bring around with you through the whole country? We're, we're very, very conscious of our safety and that, you know, we'll always make sure if we're in any situation that feels that any of us could potentially be in jeopardy, you know, we will have additional security there. And we're very, very conscious of how things could potentially escalate. But I think the beautiful part about the show is captured in our third season trailer that HBO coined the phrase, which was, is love more, fear less. And that when we are talking to the people, like I thought it was really beautiful how Shangela is talking to the woman who's trying, who would 
has, you know, wants to spray or with drag queen repellent spray, you know, or, you know, Eureka is talking to people that are, you know, just, you know, using Bible to, you know, try to squash her existence. There is still what we lead with is openness and our love, you know, and our love basically for who we all are as people in this world and our desire for this show to illustrate that there is nothing to be scared of. There is, if you just let people be their genuine selves, there's nothing to be scared of and that we are hoping, you know, I would love, you know, like you were making me think as you were saying that I would love to sit with an audience of all the people that were online and, you know, were furious with us that we were in Granbury. I would love to be in the audience and watch them watch this episode. Like, what would they think? You know, would they think that somehow, uh, I, I don't know what they would think, but if, if they actually see this, they could see we're all the same. Well, I and think we all want the same things. I think Eureka sort of says it best. She says you can't convert anyone to be gay. If that were the case, <laughs> we'd be doing missions too. Right. Well, in in the beginning, no spoilers really in this because I think we've all met Mormons before. The nicest people, but within I think five minutes of the episode, she has been literally indoctrinated. You know, <laughs> religious people talk about how we need to be indoctrinated, and I think in one of the episodes, uh, somebody says, "Well, if that worked, we'd all be straight." <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I would I would be a 45-year-old white cis het man, but here I am a non-binary person whose age is not going to be told. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's left me in this position where I kind of find myself wondering uh, is there a way to break that boundary down? I mean, are we ever going to reach the target audience uh, with social media being such an echo chamber? You know, you can instantly validate any of your fears. Uh, small, small analogy. I got a cat. She loved to go into the bed. Every time she went into the bed, she validated a fear that there was something scary out there until I blocked off the place for her to hide. And so uh, it's like, how do we keep them from going to that place where they validate their fears and then reimagine it? And then it just gets stoked by people who take advantage of it in politics, uh, you know, people with money who can who can do that. It, like where well, it's that's a, it's that's a phenomenal question. I wish, you know, we could you know answer that. What we're trying to do in the show is. When we are we are giving accurate and you know, and uh, genuine portrayals of what it's like to be queer and in small town America. And that even if like when, when Johnny and I are in these towns, if I'm going to the barbershop, if I'm going into the coffee shop, it's having these discussions, you know, where sometimes they'll start off like, like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you here? Like, why us? Why are you here? And then I just say, this is a beautiful town. You know, I love this. I mean, some of the coffee shops, I love this, you know, matcha that's here, or I love this donut that you make. It's just all of a sudden changes things. So, I mean, I'm hoping that the show, you know, that over this Thanksgiving holiday, that some, a queer person is watching the show and says, mom, maybe who hasn't been always as understanding or accepting, you need to watch this with me now. Just please sit with me and watch this. And, you know, it's the little incremental steps like that, because this show is a family show. It really is. You know, if there ever was a family value show, 
it's this, you know, where the mothers and the fathers and everybody just, we just show the love that can exist and sometimes, you know, is, is bound up and not, you know, for un, you know, for reasons of faith or reasons of, you know, history that just, they can't express it, but that's what the show is about. And if anyone sees it, hopefully one by one by one by one, you know, it can change. Well, it's telling, it's telling stories, it's telling, and it's hope, and we're hopeful that, you know, whether it's Stephen's visit to the barbershop or whether a, someone who came to see the drag show in person or someone who is watching the show with a loved one or maybe just discovers it on, you know, HBO and and they see a human being because this is really the show is about human connection. Yeah, sure. There is a drag show. Sure. There is about there is a glamorous squad of, of, of LGBTQ people, you know, invading a small town for a week. And, you know, and, and but what we really are are hoping to do is 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 connect humans to each other again and to and hopeful that's the only way to really create changes to get outside of our bubbles to get off out, out of your bedroom uh with your cat and hope <laughs> that uh that you can actually make a human connection with someone else and then you can say oh you know i know someone who is uh, a part of the LGBTQ community. And, you know, there's this great show I watched and it really changed my mind and my perception about the community because I was in this this bubble. And and now I can see that, you know, we're actually all the same. We all are all the same. There was a there was one instance that was, you know, really, you know, made a big impact on me. We were in Granbury, Texas. We had a day off. The cast and crew wanted to do something fun. And there was a karaoke bar right around the corner from where we were staying. So we went to do karaoke. And when we got there, I saw the people in the bar. And they're people that I wouldn't normally necessarily feel comfortable with. There were a whole bunch of people with Let's Go Brandon shirts on. And, you know, I was like, oh, boy, like, what are what, what's going to happen here? And then... You know, but I felt safe enough because, you know, we had a, a group of, you know, people together and it turns out we all started talking. Once you start doing karaoke together and people are singing equally horribly, you know, <laughs> and it's fun doing that, you actually have a dialogue and you realize like the guy in the Let's Go Brandon shirt, I think, you know, felt like, oh, wow, you know, how different I, I sing just as badly as these people, you know, and we had fun together. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this little snippet of our exclusive interview on AmeriQueer podcast with HBO's We Are Here creators Johnny Ingram and Stephen Warren. Their new season is Emmy-nominated and starting streaming tomorrow, Friday, February 25th. Also launching today, Thanksgiving Day, is my new podcast with Ryan Bauer-Walsh called AmeriQueer. We're working very closely with HBO's We Are Here to bring you exclusive content interviews, reviews of the show, as well as interviews with the cast and creatives. But most importantly, we are aiming to amplify queer voices in small-town America. Our mission aligns very closely with HBO's We're Here, and we're looking forward to a close relationship with them. If you want to listen to the rest of this interview, you can head on over to your favorite podcast streaming platform and search for AmeriQueer. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at AmeriQueer Podcast, TikTok at AmeriQueer, or you can email us at AmeriQueerPodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you join us next week as we talk to the mayor of my hometown, Jared Rosine, who is openly queer and ran on the Republican ticket. See you next week, and I hope you have an incredible holiday season.